Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We've made it to the final lap of football season, and the big game is right around the corner. Bet Online is the best and only place to lock in your bets from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more places to wager than any place online. You can also get involved virtually through the online casino that never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Fellas, we all want to take care of what's ours. And what better way to do that than the best in men's below-the-waist grooming with Manscaped, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. With the latest and greatest updates in electric trimmers, they offer the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Plow 2.0, and so much more. Get 20% off and free shipping using code HOG, H-A-W-G, at checkout when you visit manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code HOG, H-A-W-G, only at manscaped.com. Check out the Hog Talk podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line podcast network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. Hey, former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Arkansas Razorback fans, welcome to a special edition of the Hog Talk Podcast bonus episode. We have the Razorback baseball broadcast duo of Mr. Phil Elson and Bubba Carpenter. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hey there. I can't believe it's January and we're talking baseball, but then again, I should believe that that's what's happening because it's college baseball. I'm excited about it. What's up, fellas? Welcome, guys. And this may be radio or podcast history. Is this the first time that both of y'all have been interviewed at the same time? Hmm. Other, Bubba, what do you think? Other than our radio broadcasts on the IMG uh, Learfield Network, this he might be right about that. That's a scary yeah, thought. Yeah, it is. It's a first. I like it. Oh, it's it's good to know low people in high places. I'll, I'll take that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, again, thank you. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about the excitement level for 2021. Well, of course, we had an abbreviated 2020. Or is the excitement level higher for you guys this year? Yes. And, and, and I, I guess I could answer for anybody that's involved in college baseball because we didn't get a season last year. So honestly, like if, if, if we thought the Razorbacks were going to suck this next season, I'd be fired up about it anyway. It didn't, it wouldn't matter if they were going to be good or bad this next season. I'm just fired up about baseball. I think I can speak for Bubba. Bubba, what do you think about that? Uh, I tell you what, you know, I'm having I'm having baseball withdrawals and Phil with withdrawals. It's uh, it's kind of funny, Kevin. We get uh, we we get to this time of year, and and Phil and I start to communicate a, a lot more through text and phone calls. You know, we're missing each other, but we're also missing the game. And uh, 
I'm just excited. You know, you, you know, I say it all the time. You take stuff for granted until it's taken away and you realize how much, how much we rely on Razorback baseball and, and baseball in general. And to lose it last year, it's, uh, you know, this year I'm just, I can't wait. I can't wait to see them out there on the field. I just can't wait to get started. And I know, speaking for myself, having six young men on campus this year that I'll get to see play that I got to coach and Bubba, you got to be around. I know I'm really excited for it. But let's talk about how how is the booth going to work this year with social distancing and feel, especially with Bubba pacing so much. How is that going to work? <laughs> Well, I guess we got a taste of it in the fall series because we did a couple of games in the TV booth and we had that little sneeze guard between the two of us. And it's like a small <laughs> sneeze guard. It's like, if I'm going to sneeze, it, it's, it, it can only be a tiny little sneeze. It can't be a big sneeze because it was too small of a sneeze guard to contain like a real big one. But um, I don't know. I mean, we I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I know as far as like for travel, I've been told, I will travel for road games so it won't be done like the basketball season where we'll be in a little, you know, in a little booth thousands miles, you know, thousand miles away from where the game's being played. But I, I can't travel with the team. I don't think I'm going to be at the same hotel. But, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, I don't really know what to expect other than that. I do know that that Bubba and I will be in the same booth. I, I figured out, like, I can I'm a pretty nervous person for the most part. Like, but I can sit comfortably and quietly during a baseball game. Bubba can't. So that's going to be right. his thing to figure out. How are you going to figure that out, Bubba? Well, first of all, that little piece of plexiglass, if you Googled eye service, I think that piece of plexiglass would pop up. It's, uh, it's not very big. And, 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 Kevin, I haven't let Phil in my germ circle yet, so I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to Shoemaker about that, maybe get a little bigger piece of, of plexiglass. But, um there's room. There's room for me to pace around. I still have room. I, I checked it out during the World Series. I've got room to take a few swings. You know, I can throw the ball up in the air and catch. I, I'm, I think I'll be all right. It might limit me a little bit, but I think I'll be okay. If not, if I need more room, I'll just go over to Phil's side, and he's got more room over there. He, he kind of shoves me over in the corner. I noticed that the plexiglass is supposed to be right in the middle of the booth. It's really about 60-40, uh, maybe 70-30. <laughs> um his side to mine so but we'll, we'll make it work oh come on it was Talk. really more like 90 10 but because, <laughs> but because of covid I, i'm i'm willing to go to a like a like a 55 a 55 45 split if that's okay and i'll just be a little smaller of a bubble whatever makes you comfortable because it's really just about having a good radio broadcast right that's right. that's right that's right no no nobody puts bubba in a corner now bubba you talked about taking some swings a lot of Razorback and Omaha fans have talked about the bat. Tell us the story of the bat and, and what it means to you. You know what? That's like, uh, what's the Snoopy carry Linus that has the, has yeah, the blanket. blanket. That's my, yeah. uh, that's, that's like my blanket, I guess. You know, I think better with the bat in my hand. I just, I just feel that's my happy place, I guess, when I've got the bat in my hand. And I don't know if it's just a nervous thing or excitement. I don't know what it is, but anytime that there's a, the games on the line, I've got the bat in my hand. I don't think about it. It just, it just happens. And so, uh, you know, it's funny. I'll be walking around my house. I'll grab a bat and carry it around the house. And I've been that way forever. Um, back in the day in my dorm room, I'd carry a bat around, you know, so it's, uh, it's just a habit. I don't know. It's just, I, I guess it's just my happy place. 
So I have a baseball that I carry around with me all the time and sitting at my desk at work and at home and I'll be flipping it and holding circle chain slider grips and everything. And my wife, she was like, hey, what are you doing with that baseball? And you're still working. You got this computer. You got two screens set up. What are you doing? I said, this is my comfort. This is my blanket right here. So I understand where you're coming from, having it be your comfort blanket. So, uh Guys, the last three years, and this is the first in a series that we're going to be previewing the 2021 baseball team, but the last three years, Arkansas Razorback baseball has really stepped up on the national stage. Uh, they're, rec- they're recognized by D1 Baseball, Baseball America. Every major poll has them at least in the top 22. Some have us as high as six. D1 Baseball, who we're going to acknowledge on this podcast this season, has us at number eight. But we're going to take a step back to 2019 as the Razorbacks were coming off a national runner-up and they finished up a super regional. And uh, this is a, a call that, Phil, I know you'll remember, and Bubba, you'll remember as well. You were pacing with your bat. Uh, but it was a, a call that still sends <laughs> chills down the call, down the spine of every Arkansas Razorback fan. Year one, ground ball, third base, diving stop Nesbitt. He's up to his feet. He throws across, and the Razorbacks are going to the College World Series. Hey, Omaha, start the preparation. They're coming from Fayetteville. They're coming from Little Rock, from Fort Smith, from Pine Bluff, from all four corners of the natural state. College baseball's Emerald City is the destination. A bright red Razorback caravan is headed to Nebraska. And this time, we're coming for the whole damn thing. Now, if that doesn't get you ready for Arkansas Razorback baseball, I don't know what will. Bill, walk us through that as you were getting ready to make that call. The Hogs were up big time in the game. Tell us what was going through your mind when you made that call. well I just wanted to not step over you know my own tongue I guess and I mean it's it's known that I'd I'd written something out ahead of time in case there was a moment that needed something like that and it just so happened that they were blowing Ole Miss out and and it came to a moment just like that and um, you know I mean you listen to something like that and it was exciting but it also leaves you wanting the whole damn thing which still is eluding the program and and that's the it's like the red herring at the end of this. I mean, we you know, and we 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 love this program. This one of the things I love about Arkansas baseball, and, and it was one of the things I I think I tried to uh, deliver the message through that call is that it isn't it isn't just Northwest Arkansas. It isn't any just one little part of the state. It's the whole state that kind of carries into Arkansas baseball, much in the sense of football and basketball. And um, that really stands out. But, you know, in 2019, they did go to the College World Series, and it was a great team, you know, but it didn't win the whole damn thing. And, and the program still hasn't. So that's just the one thing that I'm left remembering from that. It was exciting, and I'd never forget it but it also displays a couple of things of what the program's about right now. This is a unique baseball program in that it legit is a statewide thing. There's not a lot of baseball programs across the country you could say that about. Really less than a handful. But at the same time, 
and we know the talent level is there to win the national championship any year, this year, last year, next year, whenever. It hasn't happened yet. And that's the one thing missing from this program. Well, talk about it being a unique baseball program that Phil just alluded to. Talk about the facilities and how Dave Van Horn, when he told Frank Brules, we need to add more seats, that was the beginning. And now we have the new player development center. Is there any place better in the nation? Oh, there's nowhere even close. But, hey, back on Phil's call, you know, when you hear that, how can I say it nicely? Um, my neck still swells up every time I hear that. <laughs> and you just you just can't help but just get fired up. And I think when we win it and head back to Omaha this year, he needs to say, and we're going back. And this time we're, we're winning the whole damn thing. Or <laughs> I don't know. You can't rehearse that. And I know it's super hard to get back to Omaha, but, you know, that's, that's where this program is. It's, you know, I compare it to what the New York Yankees used to be. If, if they don't go to the World Series, it's not a good year. And that's really where Razorback baseball is. And it's an atmosphere from the day you step on campus. It's, look, it's, this is Omaha. We're, we're not done until, you know, we get to Omaha. And, and I think it's just something that Dave Van Horn, it's a culture that he's built here and the players are a reflection of him. He's got a, he's got a, just a, just his demeanor, um, his, his gritty attitude. It rubs off on the kids. And Phil and I talk about it all the time. When players come in here, they take on his personality and you get, you get a program that believes in that. I mean, it's tough to beat. And you, you start talking about the facilities and the development it's unbelievable what these guys, I was explaining some of it to my wife today about just, you know, I had a, I had a talk with Christian Franklin today and, and we can talk about it in a little bit if you want, but um, just some of the technology these guys have today uh, to develop. And it's really not just, you know, going to Omaha, these guys, they come in and sign with the Razorbacks because they know this is the best place to develop and extend their career onto the major leagues. I mean, we've proven it year after year with the guys that we've sent and gone on and play major league baseball. And so it's just a baseball factory here. And I tell you, you look at the guys coming in, you know, this year, next year, and the year after, and it's just going to keep getting better, especially with the new development center going in. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it's a, it's a great time to be a Razorback baseball fan. And uh, man, I, I think we're just in a great place. 2021 brings new faces, same goals, and even higher expectations, especially with the tough schedule that they have. The first weekend in Arlington, they face three top 10 teams, and it's all from the state of Texas. There's going to be some rivalry, you know, with Texas Tech playing them in the College World Series. Texas, need not to say anything else about that, Bubba. Four years you got to play in that rivalry. And then wrap it up with TCU. Each of you first, Bubba, I'll start with you. Uh, what are the expectations for this year in your eyes? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a ton of talent. If you look at the talent, you know, they're carrying 40-something guys right now. All 40 of them could, could travel, but I think they're only allowed to travel with 30 right now in league play. I don't know how many they can take to Arlington, but – you look at that, there is so much talent on there. And it's it's just a matter of Dave Van Horn and the staff putting those pieces together. And once again, this is something that Phil and I talk about, you know, at the beginning of every season. Our staff is unbelievable. Van Horn, Hobbs, uh, Nate Thompson, Clay Goodwin, everybody, Phil Sebahar. They do such a great job of piecing all this together. The talent's there. It's just a matter of putting everyone in the right spot. And, 
you know, once again, you look at the talent and it it's another year where, you know, if we're not in Omaha, it's going to be a disappointing year. And, and you say that knowing how hard it is to get to Omaha, there's, it's, it's going to be a year for college baseball. Like we've never seen, there's going to be more talent this year. And, and Phil and I have already talked about this. There's going to be more talent on the field this year, not just here, but every program in the nation is better this year. It's going to be the best college baseball you've ever seen. So if you're a college baseball fan, it's a great time to be watching college baseball. Phil, what do you think of this team for this year? It's funny how I put it there. Is this true? Because, <clears throat> like, if this would be – if there would be any year to, like, pay attention to the junior varsity teams of any of the <laughs> SEC schools, like, this would be the year. There's going to be – so like, the, the guys who aren't playing – would be really good in a normal year. That's how good college baseball is going to be this year. And I think that's the same with Arkansas. And that's what I want to caution fans against about like what's going to happen in this next season. Like we're all pumped up about what the Razorbacks are going to look like and they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. But the rest of the SEC West and the rest of the SEC and the other, you know, big time programs outside of this conference, college baseball are just going to be just as loaded because they're, affected the same way that Arkansas is with the five round draft. They're affected the same way that Arkansas is with the extra year of eligibility. The one thing that the Razorbacks have going for them that other programs don't uh, outside of the SEC is that they're in this league. And another thing that carries them, the facilities, we're not, we don't even, we love to talk about the facilities for, baseball at Arkansas and everywhere else in this, in this athletic department, the baseball facilities are so far ahead of anything else that any other sport has on this, on this campus. And that's just to say that, put it this way. I think there are major league organizations that want to come tour this new building that they're putting up in right field with this pitching lab and the Fowler Center that's been around for a few years, there's nothing like the player development facilities at the University of Arkansas in the country for baseball. I'm not even talking about college baseball. I'm talking about baseball overall. This is a breeding ground because of the facilities. We're only now beginning to understand what that means for this program because this new building in right field hasn't even opened yet. Give it yeah. five years, you'll have a real sense of what it means. Uh, but for, for, for this team right now, right here, my expectations for them every year, and it's just because it's Arkansas, and it's just because it's Dave Van Horn, and it's just because I've been around you for six years, and I've gotten a sense of what they do here. If you don't get to Omaha – it's unfortunate that if you go to a super regional and you lose and you don't make it to Omaha, you would look at that as a disappointing year, but that's where you are here at Arkansas. Now that's just a fact of the matter. This is a program that's built to do that year after year. So I would go into this season with those same expectations. With American National, you get a dedicated agent who will help you make well-informed decisions about protecting your lifestyle. Call us today for a free review of your commercial, home, and auto policies, or to learn more about our customizable farm and ranch insurance. Let the Atkins Agency be your agency of choice. 
You can visit us on the web at theatkinsagency.com. Call us at 501-428-0877 or connect with us through Facebook. Go Hogs! Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Bubba, you talked about Christian Franklin. He is a top 50 MLB prospect for the July draft. No matter what publication you look at, he's a first-team All-American, no matter what publication you look at. Talk a little bit about what Christian Franklin brings to this team and how he has matured over the last two seasons. Well, I tell you, he's. you talk about good teams being strong up the middle. And, you know, if you look at this team up the middle – we're very strong. I mean, you got Opitz behind the plate. You got Battles and Robert Moore, short and second, and you got Christian Franklin in center. That's a that's about as strong as you can get up the middle. Um, but Christian is a guy that I think he learned a lot his freshman year from the older guys on the team, the veteran guys. Um, started out playing left field, uh, was kind of feeling his way through, learning his swing. Spent a lot of time with Nate Thompson. Uh, just refining his swing. And he's about as uh, cerebral as it gets when it comes to his swing, just analyzing every swing. I watch him take a swing, look at the video, take another swing, look at the video. You know, and it's just so – it's neat to talk to him. So I, I talked to him today. I wanted to get a feel for where he was at. And there, he's so excited to be playing baseball. But he said this time of year he gets into the approach side of it. He said he's pretty much getting away from the mechanical side. Um, and get more into the approach. What's my approach here? You know, if they play a shift, you know, what's going to be my approach? Step out of the box, put together a plan and step in. And I think that's what makes him a special talent is he's just, he's not just a great player physically. Mentally, he really gets the game. They talk about baseball being a mental game. You know, Christian doesn't get too high or too low. He's even kill. But I tell you what, he's a he's a threat offensively and defensively. And, and you know, you can hit him anywhere in the lineup, as as Dave Van Horn's proved in the past. So it's just it's uh, it's real refreshing to talk to a kid like that and just watch his development over the years. And, you know, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be exciting this year to, to watch him go out and do his thing, because I know he's got months and months of of wanting to play baseball pinned up in him. And he just can't wait to get out there on the field. Let's talk about another player real quick, Casey Opitz. Now, Phil, this Regidaback recruiting class for the 2020 year graduating class was ranked a consensus top 10 uh, across the nation. Talk about what Casey Opitz coming back to this program means overall. Well, I think Casey brings a lot to a baseball team, but for his position and his overall like emotional intelligence as a baseball player what he provides is almost impossible to 
uh, like condense easily because of the position he plays at catcher and what that means to everybody else on the pitching staff, whether it's a starter or the entire bullpen or the rest of the guys in the field, because they know that they've got a guy who's there behind the plate that's in control or just the coaching staff overall that feels that they can trust the guy who's the most important position on the field inning after inning. And, and, and I think Opitz provides that stability that really means a lot to a baseball team. And that's aside from the fact that like, we never really got a chance to see him last year as a middle of the order hitter because of the shortened season. And he had put on all that weight. People talked about, and it wasn't just weight, it was strength. And, you know, you looked like maybe some of those doubles would turn into home runs and some of those line drive singles would turn into doubles. And so I, I, I'm interested to watch Casey as a middle of the order hitter than this next year, because that was going to be one of the cornerstones of the 2020 Razorbacks. It wasn't just his ability to field and, and handle a pitching staff and just be a great catcher and team leader, but what he would provide as a, first of all, a switch hitting catcher which they have two of them now because this Dylan Leach that's coming in as a, as a, as yeah. a freshman is also a switch and catcher. Like that's pretty, that's pretty rare. But then <laughs> to, to know that they're that, that, that Casey is such a steady receiver in every way behind the plate and such a great teammate. Like that's, that's the, I couldn't imagine a better blessing put upon a college baseball team than the, unfortunate happenstance for Casey Opitz that major league baseball only had a five round draft because otherwise he was gone. So that's huge for this team. Like Bubba said, I mean, and so many people know this and he, he, he paid cursory attention to, to Jalen battles at shortstop up the middle. This team is really good and you have to be really good up the middle it, to, to have Robert Moore go to second base when Robert, probably should be the shortstop for like 98% of the other college baseball teams in the country. I think that tells you how good Jalen battles is at shortstop. And we know I like Christian Franklin is going to be a great center fielder. I think he's going to be a terrific center fielder for this team. Battles makes a huge difference for this team at shortstop, just because he's steady at that position, just like Casey Opitz is at catcher. And I watched battles for like six games in the fall series. What I gathered from him, this is a guy that makes the incredible play, just like Casey Martin would make the incredible play sometimes. But he makes the regular play, and he conserves his arm, and he flips it when he needs to flip it, and he fires it when he needs to flip it. I can't wait to watch Jalen Battles and Robert Moore as a double play combination. That's one of the reasons that I think this team gets to, could get to Omaha. Coach Van Horn brought up in his fall recap that this is most likely the most talented double play duo that he's ever had. And that says a lot about battles coming from McLennan Junior College. And there's not very many question marks on this team, but I do want to talk to each of you about the pitching staff. Started out pretty good last year, then we hit some rocky spots. Uh, talk, Bob, I'll start with you. Uh, talk to me about the pitching staff and who I want to hear who you will project to be the first three that go out on the mound to start for the Razorbacks this year. Wow. I got a list of them that could possibly be that top three. It's, you know, the thing is, is there's so, there's so many good arms and there's so many different options. Um, you know, I don't know that 
you know, I see Wicklander still being in there. I know Connor Nolan has struggled a little bit, but he's a veteran guy that's been there. Uh, he's got the mound presence. You know, he could still end up in the rotation. You know, they're still talk. Uh, I'll tell you a guy we saw Phil in the fall, Lyle Lockhart. We saw him throw in the World Series. He's got four pitches that he can command. Uh, he's got a nasty cutter. I mean, he could be in there. You know, you've got a guy like a Jackson Wiggins. I don't know if he's going to be ready to be a starter, but the guy's got as live his arm as anyone in the country. Um, you know, you've got Cole Ramage, uh, Kevin Cobb. You're, there's so many guys that you could put in there in that role. Um, I guess it's it's hard to say. Caleb Bolden's another guy that I've always loved from the time he came in as a freshman, you know, went through the surgery, came back. Um, I'd be comfortable Bobby, with him Bobby, in there. You just looked like six or seven guys, but that's all, but that's, all so that's, that, that's the truth. No, that's the yeah, truth. And I'm, and I'm just getting of, started. Right, yeah, yeah you, exactly. didn't, you didn't touch on. Yeah. You that's didn't, part you of didn't what, touch that's on part Paul of what the, That's part yeah. of what, so it's like when people ask me about like, so what's, what's going to happen with this team this next year? And they say, well, the biggest thing is if on the pitching staff, like I think they're going to hit, it's going to be a yeah. really good team in the field. And it's not a matter of, is there talent on the pitching staff? There's a boatload of talent on the pitching staff. The questions are, are how, how does every, how, how do Dave and Matt figure out like how to slot everybody in? Is there even enough time before SEC plays starts, which is really a month? I mean, you got like 19, 20, 21 pitchers that legit could make a difference for you in conference play. How do you figure that out in a month? I don't know if there's even enough time. So like these guys, when they get the chance, have to grab onto that chance early because you know, Dave and Matt are, it's like they ride the hot hand when they get that chance. So gosh, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know to tell you who's going to be the rotation <laughs> for the first weekend. And that first weekend doesn't mean that's who you're going to see the third or fourth weekend. I mean, right. That that's where the log jam is going to be so noticeable is in the is in the amount of arms that they have who blow gas here. It's going to be so difficult for them to figure it out. I think the biggest thing is who's going to be able to throw strikes, pound the zone, let the defense work for them. The old adage uh, coaches say it all the time. And, Bubba, it may be a high school showcase situation where they just go in there and chop up three innings at a time, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, the name that I was getting ready to say that you mentioned was Peyton Paulette. He's another kid that's – I mean, he's he dominated this summer throwing upper 90s. I mean, the guy's got an unbelievable arm. So there's so many options. But i tell you what, one thing, and Phil, Phil hit on it with Casey Opens. I think the one thing that the difference makers have in Casey Opitz behind the plate, because Kevin, you know, both of you guys know this for a pitcher to step up to the, on the mound. Um, he's got to be committed to that pitch uh, in order to make that pitch. He's got to be committed to it. And these guys trust Casey Opitz. So when he gets up there, uh, when that pitcher gets up there and Casey starts putting the signs down, they trust him. They absolutely trust him and they love throwing to him, which makes their job easy. They don't have to think about anything else. They trust him to put down the right sign, the way he receives the ball, presents it to the umpire, everything. But it's really more of how he handles those that pitching staff. So that's going to help some of those younger guys have an opens back there. So, man, it's just going to be fun. And I feel for Hobbs and Van Horn having to make those decisions because it's going to be tough. Definitely a good problem to have. And for some of these younger pitchers, 
who don't necessarily have to be a one-two to the plate because Opitz has such a great arm behind the plate and is going to shut down a running game. All right, guys, I want to talk to you about uh, each of you. I want you, Phil, I'll start with you. I want you to give me a breakthrough player, a position player, and a pitcher. Who you think – everybody knows who Robert Moore, Christian Franklin, uh, Casey Opitz is. Uh, I want you to give me a breakthrough player that's going to be a position player and a pitcher. Everybody's telling me about Cullen Smith right now. And and he's he I feel like he's one guy that that people aren't talking about much as far as who could be someone that's a real anchor in the lineup because I think Brady Slavens who is last year's JUCO player of the year like I don't I don't look at a junior college player of the year as under the radar. Hayden right. Wallace and who's I think is going to play a lot in right field. I don't view him as under the radar because he's legit major league power talent. Cullen Smith, I think we didn't get a chance to learn anything about. He's the transfer out of East Tennessee. It's interesting to figure out like where he's going to play because I think he would have played second base, but Robert Moore's going to be there. He'll play some first base, maybe he'll DH, but there's Goodhart there too. And, and But I keep hearing about him. Nate's told me about him. A couple other guys have told me about him. And I think Cullen Smith might be a guy that could you know, step in there and uh, and really provide a veteran bat who's been around for a while in college baseball. As far as like the pitching staff is concerned, somebody to break out. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if this would be somebody to break out. I mean, because like, all right, so Lockhart's interesting because he's a guy who's been around in college baseball for a while and a lefty that might throw in Fridays. Um, I was really interested watching Ryan Coskew, uh pitch. Good one. He, Costume is from California. He's got a funky delivery. He's one of those if pitchers. And it's always if they throw strikes. And that's what Hobbs told me about him the first time I, I, I noticed him. He's like, this guy's got a bit of a late jump in his fastball. But it only works if he's around the plate. Mm-hmm. And, and he looks different from most pitchers. He's got that late life that you're looking for. That's somebody that could emerge if he throws strikes and he grabs on to that opportunity when he's given that chance. So th- those are the two guys I would look at right now. Bubba? Well, I, I love you, Phil. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy off of you because Cullen Smith <laughs> is mine offensively. And i tell you why. It's I've, I've got a chance to watch him go about his business and – Guys kind of migrate to him. He's kind of a leader. He reminds me a lot of a Trevor Ezell. Um, an older guy, goes out about his business, works hard. Um, you know, Cullen just hits. And I think he can play multiple positions. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, when it's all said and done, he's going to find his way on the field and and be a guy that comes up with some big at-bats for us. Um, I don't think he's going to have any trouble with SEC pitching. I just think he's he's kind of a dirt bag, kind of a dirty type player that just seems like that dirt bag guy you want on your team. But he's he's a leader, and I think I think the guys all like him. And uh, so he's he's my guy on the offensive side of it, defensive side. And I'll tell you, you know, having seen Jackson Wiggins throw, I don't know if he's going to be ready this year. But he's a guy that if he figures it out. And I haven't talked to Matt Hobbs yet about it. I've talked to a few people down there, but uh, I haven't talked to Hobbs about him yet. But the guy has just got an unbelievable upside, maybe as good an upside as any freshman I've seen come in here. And, and you've got to see him, Kevin, so you, you can speak more on this. But 
if that kid figures it out this year, he could be a guy that late in the year um, comes in and gets some huge outs for us, whether it's in the middle of a game, the end of a game, who knows where it'll be, but the kids, the kids got great stuff and uh, he just needs to learn how to use it. And, and Matt Hobb is a genius when it comes to that. So I think he'll get it. I think the two of them working together is going to be a, a really good mix. Yeah, you talk about Jackson and somebody that's even kill and never gets two up or two down. That That's him to a T. So I think Coach Hobbs' demeanor fits with him really well. And the electric arm that you talk about coming out of a 6'6", 225, 230-pound frame, and Blaine Kindley, who puts out uh, their workout measurements, and he's got a 39-inch vertical, played basketball. He was all-state. He's just a freak athlete. And the thing that – it surprised me because in the fall recap with Coach Van Horn, he said – Jackson Wiggins, if he wants to, could be as good as Nick Schmidt was. And that that was some praise that I know I didn't think I would hear about about Jackson this early because Nick was all SEC, he was SEC pitcher of the year, freshman all-American. Y'all remember him very well. He he was a first round draft pick by the Padres, I, I believe. But to hear that praise, and it, it's it's warranted at this point. He, he's got a, he's got an electric arm. And I think you're right, Bubba. I don't know if he'll be ready right now, but towards the end of the year, he might might, might be. Okay, guys, before we wrap up, I, I got to bring it up, and I, and I got to give the fans uh, the fair pole, foul pole debate. How, <laughs> how did this start, and where are we at right now with it? Have we Do we have any new information about it? Well, I mean, Go ahead, there's, Phil. There, there's no, there's no new information other than I'm just too stubborn to ever give in on this because I never real. This wasn't anything I decided to like, ha, like take a stand on until I mentioned that fair pole off a ball that was hit off the left field pole two seasons ago. Bubba said he'd never heard that before, and it just hit me. It's just like. Why are they even called foul lines and foul poles when the ball's fair when it hits them? So I don't even understand it to begin with. And then, and at that point, it's like, all right, so Bubba takes one stand, I take the other, and we really can't give in. And that's just the way it is. And that'll be the way it is until we die, probably. Well, um, here, Bubba, yeah, I know for an old baseball guy that it really hits at, at your depth in your soul. So, yeah, let, let, let me have it. I tell you what, have you ever heard someone go up to the chalkboard with their fingernails and go down the chalkboard? <laughs> or the, that's what that's what it, it sounds like. Every time he says fair pole, it's just the, it just I just cringe. It just drives me crazy. And I think Phil realizes that now. And so he, every chance he gets, he's he's got to rub it in. And we all know, we all know Phil's wrong. You know, I love Phil to death, <laughs> but you know, he's wrong. It's it's a foul pole. And, you know, and so, you know, there's, there's fair lines or, I mean, I, I foul lines. See, now you got me confused. There's the way things are. There's the way things are and the way there's that they ought to be. And there's truth and then there's not truth. And so I'm just trying to eventually work my way towards, look, I mean, at one point, let, let me, we can all, we can all advance in life. At one point, I really didn't think that, there should be a universal designated hitter in Major League Baseball and pitcher should bat. I've been graduated past that in the last few years to the point where it's like I'm fine with the universal DH. Tradition be gone. It doesn't matter now. The game is better when pitchers don't hit. So it's like, all right, so what's the logic here? 
to me, it's logical to call them fair. I won't call them fair lines until they actually are. Until then, the one on the left side is always the third baseline or the left field line. The one on the right side is always the first baseline or the right field line. I won't refer to them as fair lines, foul poles. I don't want to offend anybody, but I won't I've call them that. foul lines either. Yeah, I've, I've hey, noticed Kevin, that in the but- broadcast. Yeah. I do. You did slip up the other day. The truth came out on the, yeah. on the radio, didn't it? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm starting I to break did. you down. Think, it's taken three years. I think somebody drugged me. I think somebody drugged me, Bubba. That's what happened. Oh. Well, there's two things that keep me up at night. One is the thought of you singing "Careless Whisper" to me, and the other is when I when I hear when I hear Fairpole. Those two things drive me crazy. I'm a little on the psycho side, and so. Uh, yeah, that keeps me up at night, Phil. Uh, that's okay. I've got about three or four other hits by Wham or George Michael I could sing to you on the air if you want. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Guys, uh, <laughs> the National Baseball Hall of Fame came down today, and no one got the 75% threshold. Kurt Schilling came 16 votes short. Does Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Phil? Uh, yes, I do think so. And I think Schilling belongs in too. And I think Pete Rose belongs in, and I think Shoeless Joe Jackson belongs in. And I really would rather the hall of fame be a truly a museum to what the the, the game is and was, and to tell the, the true stories of what these players were. So yeah, let bonds into the hall of fame, but put, put the story of what happened, you know, what happened? I mean, you don't have to put that his head turned into like a, you know, a pumpkin or whatever, but tell the Five, story. Nine, what happened. Yeah. Same with, same with Clemens, same with Ty Cobb. I mean, Ty Cobb was a racist jerk. I mean, it's, it's worth telling the story of what these people were like, but at the same time, Pete Rose too. This is the story of baseball. To me, that's what Cooperstown is. The hall of fame means something, but it also to me means this is the place where the good and the bad the history of the game is told. That's what that place means to me. And you can't tell these, you can't tell the history of the game of baseball without Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Jackson and, and, and guys like that. It's not a matter of just like, accept them for what they are. It's accept that they're still part of baseball and they were great. And that it's our job to tell the story of the game. Bubba. No, that's very, very well said, Phil. You know, I, I tell you, I've kind of changed a little bit on it. In the beginning, I'm like, absolutely not. They have no business being in the Hall of Fame because I look at all the pitchers that they faced back in the day. Look at how many careers they ended, you know, while they're all they're all juiced up. And then I got to thinking, OK, well, wait, there were a lot of pitchers doing it, too. So, <laughs> you know. And but then I look at a guy like me that I spent, you know, seven or eight years in triple A right on the verge of getting there, you know, and and so that's a little bit, you know, disturbing to me. But I think, like Phil said, the story needs to be told. There needs to be a, a wing of the Hall of Fame that says, OK, we'll let these guys in, but they go here, you know, and and their stories do need to be told. And, you know, with that being said, there's guys in there right now that that got away with it and never got caught. And, you know, it, it is what it is. It was a time in baseball that, you know, they've cleaned it up, you know, I, I hope. But, um, you know, they were great players. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, I was a huge Roger Clemens fan growing up, um, you know, and so you, you really want those guys to be in there. But I, I agree with Phil. Phil, we finally agree on something. I think there needs to be this. The, the story needs to be told of what happened during that era and, well, uh, and let those guys in. 
part part of part of what what is sad about it, and it has nothing to do with you know with with the players necessarily that we're talking about. It's that here it is. It's 2021, and we're we're not going to put anybody into the Baseball Hall of Fame like for the first time since 1960. That's yeah. just not. That's not good. That's not good in a time where. I hate to admit it. I really do because I defend baseball to the death. But the NFL, college football, the NBA, they've all surpassed baseball in, in, in prominence in American sports. And it sh- it, as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't be that way. And I don't really know the direction to go. But th- this is sort of like a symptom of, of where baseball is. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't mean this is the way moving forward. But it, it, it is part of the truth of what we're dealing with as baseball lovers and baseball lifers. Gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. I greatly appreciate you coming on for this uh, first episode of our 2021 baseball preview. Uh, Bubba Carpenter, Phil Elson, thank you guys. Listeners, make sure you listen, rate, review us, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, it's fun doing this with you guys. Hopefully we can do this again during the baseball season after we haven't lost a damn game, right? That's right. (laughs) That's right. Go Hogs. All right, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.